Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin, welcome. I hope you had a great weekend. Our number is 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. And I also hope you were able to watch my show last night on Fox, Life, Liberty, and Levin. We had a very important guest, Nicholas Wade. Now, Nicholas Wade is a retired New York Times science editor, and he's written for Nature and Science magazines. And he's 79 years old, he's retired. But about a year ago, he was very troubled by the reporting that was taking place on the coronavirus and the source of the coronavirus. He's not a political person. He didn't have any ideological issues. But he decided to look at it. And for a year, that's exactly what he did. And this interview last night which consisted mostly of me asking some questions and Mr. Wade responding, a long-form interview, the only one on cable. A tremendous amount of information was, in fact, elicited from Mr. Wade, who's been around a while. Much of that information is being regurgitated today, including on cable and including on talk radio, without any, any, indication of where that information came from. Came from Mr. Wade in the interview Sunday night. Came from Mr. Wade's article that he wrote I guess two and a half weeks ago. That's being plumbed through and being used and being regurgitated without any respect for his scholarship or for our Sunday show. And I'm not even talking about the left wing media. I'm talking about all the media. It's a disgrace. I found one, one, link to a publication that my daughter sent me, the Daily Mail. 
The Daily Mail wrote up the interview. The Daily Mail explained what Nicholas Wade had to say, the retired New York Times science editor, editor, not just journalist, and uh, some of the information that he provided. The information he provided, which is being regurgitated today, was critical, critical, and raises very, very serious questions about what Anthony Fauci knew, if anything. And if he didn't know what was going on in his own agency, why didn't he? He denied. He denied to Rand Paul, Senator Paul, that his agency had funded this, this kind of research that actually takes a virus and makes the virus lethal to human beings in order to see if they can come up with a solution to it. There's been a moratorium on this kind of science investigation. And what we also learned last night is that despite the moratorium, there was a funding project from Mr. Fauci's agency to a third-party group in New York. And that third-party group in New York gave a grant to the Wuhan lab that was conducting these investigations, this, this scientific uh, inquiry. Now, that's a big deal. That's a very big deal. Because the man who runs that third-party organization was the one who organized a letter in February gathering other scientists and their signatures saying there is no way that this virus could have been created or leaked from the lab. That, in fact, it was due to natural circumstances, meaning animals to humans. He didn't have any evidence whatsoever to prove that. Moreover, today, there is no evidence whatsoever to prove that. None. And there was a second individual, another so-called scientist by the name of Anderson, who did exactly the same thing a few weeks later. And it is those two letters that CNN, the Washington Post, the New York Times, MSNBC, NBC, ABC, CBS, and all the rest, and all the rest used as their scientific basis for advancing the idea, the claim, as a fact, that this came from bats to human beings, or some animal to human beings. This was the communist Chinese propaganda machine. This is what they were pushing. A very few individuals raised concerns that it might have been leaked from the lab, Tom Cotton being one of them. A couple of scientists said we might want to look into that. They were immediately silenced or attacked. This is the greatest health disaster in modern human history. And the media in America had no interest, no curiosity whatsoever to find out what really took place. Why? Because they wanted to blame Trump for the deaths, and they wanted to protect communist China. And they did both. And so did the Democrat Party. And so did Joe Biden. We also learned from Mr. Wade on Sunday... 
that the level of safety and security at this lab in China was at a grade two, grade four being the highest, grade one being the lowest, grade two, which is equivalent to the kind of protection a dentist has when he's drilling a cavity out of your tooth. In other words, virtually non-existent. Now, I taped this interview on Wednesday, given Mr. Wade's availability, which was limited, and my own conflicts. I don't normally tape the show on a Wednesday. That weekend, this weekend, we also learned from the Wall Street Journal that staffers in the Wuhan lab lab got very ill. And nobody seems to know what from. Well, I think we do know what from. There are many, many questions here. Many. The State Department Inspector General's office had great concerns last year, actually the year before last, about the safety standards that were in place at the Wuhan lab. The communist Chinese regime under Xi will not release any data or not make any scientists available for any interviews. It's a massive cover-up. President Trump early on said that he believed that the virus was leaked out of that lab for which he was viciously attacked. And yet I believe he was 100% correct. Mr. Wade makes clear that we don't have definitive evidence to prove that, but the information we do have strongly suggests that it wasn't a natural happenstance, but more of a lab leak. In fact, there's no information to support the former, and there's a lot of information to support the latter. Why did Anthony Fauci lie during his Senate testimony about the funding, the funding of this project? Well, here's where Mr. Wade went a little squishy. He said, well, maybe it was semantics. Maybe the virologists, they have a committee that reviewed it, had a different idea, and so forth and so on. Well, let's get to the bottom of this. As somebody who worked as a chief of staff to an attorney general, I can tell you there are sign-off requirements when you're putting out grants and so forth. Who signed off on the grant? Now, here's what is also very, very crucial to understand. There was a moratorium on this kind of scientific research, as I already told you. As Mr. Wade told us, and he's the first person to reveal this. That was a big pit of information on Sunday. And the only way that you can actually continue with research on this, with the support of Fauci's Infectious Disease Office, or the National Institutes of of Health, is if Mr. Col- Dr. Collins, the head of the NIH, or Mr. Fauci, that the head of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, had actually signed off, personally signed off on it. In all the interviews that Anthony Fauci has been involved in, there has been no interest in questioning him about any of this. And now... 
Now he says it's not at all clear that this was a natural occurrence, so we need to investigate this and find out what took place. Now the, the Secretary of State says, yes, we need to find out what actually took place here. The third-party fact-checkers for big tech were propagandists. They were liars. Big tech is filled with liars and propagandists. When anybody dared to raise the possibility that this, this virus was leaked from the lab, they were shut down. They got the scarlet letter imprinted on their foreheads. I would encourage all the hosts, including on Fox and elsewhere, on talk radio, if you're going to talk about this subject, at least give Mr. Wade a little salute. Because it takes a brave man who used to write at the New York Times to write what he wrote. You don't have to mention me. You don't have to mention my show. But the fact is that Nicholas Wade, whether he meant to or not, wittingly or unwittingly, put the final nail in the coffin of the lie that this was an animal-to-human transmission. The communist Chinese had the Wuhan lab, and what it mostly does there are these these, uh, scientific efforts to make viruses more humanly lethal. More humanly lethal. There's a whole world out there that does this that you and I are unfamiliar with. That's why I spent a whole hour on it on Sunday. And now you see what can happen. This is the third time there's been a leak from a Chinese lab. The third time. Joe Biden knows all this. And when Joe Biden spoke to President for Life, genocidal dictator Xi, he said, we're friends, we talk for an hour or so. He never mentioned this, never brought it up. Not once. This man, Joe Biden, is truly the low life. That's right, I said it. He would blame President Trump for the death of hundreds of thousands. Yet he doesn't have the guts to, to confront Xi and the communist regime, which did this. Did this, even if it's an accident. Imagine if we had known about this early on. Imagine if we had known what it was early on. Imagine if they had been truthful and presented all the data and the scientists early on. Many people who are dead today would be alive, perhaps. Donald Trump had to fight with the same bureaucracy to get these vaccines done faster than this bureaucracy is used to. The same bureaucracy that helped the communist Chinese cover up what they did. That's what you would have learned Sunday if you'd watched the show. And for all the parakeets out there who repeat this, I'm glad you are. It's important to get this information out there. But it's also important to acknowledge this individual and how you learned about most of it. I'll be right back. Are you worried about America's future? Times of trouble are full of reasons to despair. But those who built and have preserved our country didn't despair. 
And if we are going to do our part, we need to draw on the books, the history, and the ideas that gave our forefathers and mothers strength and inspiration. Hillsdale College was founded in 1844 to teach these things, and it teaches them still today. The great news is that we can all study these things along with Hillsdale College professors right in our homes. Through Hillsdale's free online courses, we can study the history of our civilization, the wisdom of ancient Judeo-Christian philosophers, and the writings of Shakespeare and Mark Twain. We can reacquaint ourselves with our Constitution. We can learn how the Constitution has been undermined, and more importantly, how it can be recovered. My friends, as we fight in defense of family, faith, and freedom, let us draw on the best of the past with Hillsdale's guidance to save the greatest nation on earth. Begin learning today at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. So now, what will the Biden administration do to get to the bottom of this? Nothing. All this talk about blaming the President of the United States for the deaths as a result of this virus. This current president doesn't give a damn. How much time do I have, Rich? Let's go to cut 17. Go. Why isn't President Biden pushing for more access, more information to get to the bottom of exactly what happened? We are. Uh, and we have repeatedly called for the WHO to, to support an expert-driven evaluation of the pandemic's origins that is free from interference or politicization. Now, there were phase one results that came through. Uh, we were not, uh, during that first phase of the investigation, there was not access to data, there was not information provided. Uh, and now we're hopeful that uh, WHO can move into a more transparent, independent phase two investigation. But with 589,920 dead Americans, at what point does President Biden say, we don't want to wait for the WHO, we don't know what they're doing, this needs to be an American-led effort to get to the bottom of what happened? Well, first of all, we need access to the underlying data and information in order to have that investigation. And And why not? But he talks all the time about how he's known President Xi for a long time. So why can't he just call and we need them? I think you're misunderstanding how this process actually works. An international investigation led by the World Health Organization is something that we've actually been pressing for for several months in coordination with a range of partners around the world. We need that data. We need that information from the Chinese government. You're not going to get the information with all that flim-flam and phony diplomacy. That's not how that works. You have to put pressure on on communist China. You have to put pressure on Xi. And you won't do it. That's why we can't get the information. You're quizlings. You know what a quizling is? You're quizling. I'll be right back. Are you worried about America's future? Times of trouble are full of reasons to despair. But those who built and have preserved our country didn't despair. And if we are going to do our part, we need to draw on the books, the history, and the ideas that gave our forefathers and mothers strength and inspiration. Hillsdale College was founded in 1844 to teach these things, and it teaches them still today. The great news is that we can all study these things along with Hillsdale College professors right in our homes. Through Hillsdale's free online courses, we can study the history of our civilization, the wisdom of ancient Judeo-Christian philosophers, and the writings of Shakespeare and Mark Twain. 
We can reacquaint ourselves with our Constitution. We can learn how the Constitution has been undermined, and more importantly, how it can be recovered. My friends, as we fight in defense of family, faith, and freedom, let us draw on the best of the past with Hillsdale's guidance to save the greatest nation on earth. Begin learning today at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. Luffin, an unapologetic patriot and unapologetic constitutionalist. You can reach him at 877-381-3811. So this virus breaks out because of the communist Chinese in the Wuhan lab, in my opinion. I mean, how many more breadcrumbs do we need? The media immediately comes to the defense of communist China. The media immediately comes to the defense of the federal scientific and medical bureaucracy. You'll recall early on they were trying to take out Donald Trump with the first impeachment. Joe Biden and the Democrats and the media immediately view this as an opportunity to exploit and defeat Donald Trump. Nothing he does is good enough. Nothing he says goes without being mocked. It doesn't matter that the governors are destroying their own cities and their own states, that they were not prepared for a pandemic, and they're supposed to have some preparation, but New York was the worst of it, California the second, New Jersey the third. The media immediately put up its charts and its graphs, and for every death it was an attack on Donald Trump. Donald Trump's failure to nationalize industries. Donald Trump's failure to unite the people. Donald Trump this and Donald Trump that. Donald Trump's not following the science, they kept saying. And yet Donald Trump was following the science. It's the scientists who weren't following the science. It's a disgusting disgrace. And even today, we look at Breitbart, hat tip to my buddy Moore Klein, Anthony Fauci, this is today, reverses course yet again. Quote, highly likely, unquote, Chinese coronavirus developed naturally. Now, he just said the other day that he's not clear on this. It needs to be investigated because it could have leaked from the lab. So the newest position from Fauci, as they write, comes after the infectious disease expert reversed course on May 11th, claiming he's not convinced the virus developed naturally and that its origins merit investigation. No, actually, no, I'm not convinced. I'm quoting him about that. I think that we should continue to investigate what went on in China until we find out to the best of our ability exactly what happened. So I wanted to ask, are you still confident that it developed naturally? And he continued to reverse his opinion. Certainly the people who've investigated say it's likely was the emergence from an animal reservoir. This is today. I mean, uh, yeah. That then infected individuals, but it could have been something else, and we need to find out, blah, blah, blah. Ladies and gentlemen, it was Fauci's bureaucracy that funded this grant through a third party. The question to Fauci is, what did you know and when did you know it? If he says, I didn't know, but he knows now, he knows now. Is he not trying to figure it out now? The answer is no. 
Well, who signed off on this grant when there was a moratorium? You haven't heard that question asked, have you? Except from me, who signed off on the grant? Because apparently only Fauci or Collins, the head of the National Institutes of Health, for whom Fauci works, apparently they're the only ones that can sign off on this during a moratorium. I'm not interested in Fauci's opinion. The man is more than schizophrenic when it comes to his expert commentary. He's got 23 personalities. But he's the guy in charge. If he doesn't know, he needs to find out. What about the grant? How did it? I mean, that's the first thing I'd be saying. Where the hell did this grant come from? When was it on my desk? When did I sign off on it with a thousand other things? He's too busy doing friendly interviews. He won't come back on this show, by the way. We've asked. He's not coming back. So he's changed his mind again from last week. Because he's a political Washington creature, ladies and gentlemen. That's what he is. He's been in that same chair for thirty over 37 years. And he's got a whole bunch of critics who the media will not, will not interview. A whole bunch of critics about how he handled AIDS way back when. And why it took so long to try and find answers to that. And others, by the way. But they don't talk to them. They don't question him. He's getting awards with a lot of money attached to it. It's incredible. It's the way they built up Andrew Cuomo. They built up Andrew Cuomo while he issued the order that resulted in the death of thousands and thousands of Americans. Somebody's mother, somebody's father, somebody's grandfather, somebody's grandmother. What an arrogant you-know-what, by the way. S.O.B. But so is Fauci. You have this Whitmer in Michigan. She walks around like she's clicking her heels all the time, pointing and ordering and ordering and pointing. She's another favorite of the media. Oh, they love her. And she's constantly cheating and lying about her own standards when it comes to her own life. Wearing a mask? She doesn't wear a mask. Restaurant where it's crowded? She's at a restaurant where it's crowded. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. The Washington Compost and the New York Slimes and all the rest of the phony media, they expect the American Marxists to live differently than the rest of us. That's what they expect. So there needs to be pressure placed on the Chinese government. Serious pressure, not diplomatic pressure, serious pressure. Economic pressure. We want the answer. And there needs to be pressure on our own government. Mr. Fauci, excuse me, Dr. Fauci. It's time for him to tell us what he knows. And if he doesn't know anything, why doesn't he know anything? It's his damn department, for God's sakes. Who signed off on those grants, on that grant? Who were they? During a moratorium. When only he... And his boss are supposed to have the power to sign off. Why was there moratorium in the first place? If you watch the show, you know I asked Mr. Wade that. 
because of concerns about the nature of the science and the safety at the labs. That's why. So how did this one get out? I mean, it did wind up in the death of hundreds of thousands of people. Nobody cares. Now, this is the bureaucracy that Donald Trump was dealing with when the virus broke out. I am sure not a single person, Fauci or anybody else, told him, not a single one, that there was a grant given to a third party in New York, which in turn gave money to that lab to enhance the lethality to humans of a coronavirus and coronaviruses generally. Donald Trump has good instincts and a lot of common sense. He understood what took place here. But they attacked him. And Facebook and Twitter were busy marginalizing, or worse, individuals who dared to raise issues. Very knowledgeable individuals. Didn't matter. So they have blood on their hands, too. When you do not allow a fulsome debate and discussion about what's going on in the country, challenging the bureaucracy, challenging the so-called science. When you don't allow that, when you crush it, and then you influence politicians, you influence outcomes. Big tech is part of a totalitarian mindset. Again, American Marxism. They don't believe in free speech. They don't believe in free debate. They don't believe in intellectual challenging. None of it. And that's what you saw here. You look at this. You look at the phony Russia collusion, how this went on. How does anybody have any confidence of any kind in the American media? It's not possible if you're a thinking human being. Any confidence whatsoever in big tech? which does the dirty work for the big thugs. It's not possible to have any confidence in big tech. They steal your data, they make billions, and they're the mouthpiece for the American Marxists. That's what's going on. We'll be right back. Are you worried about America's future? Times of trouble are full of reasons to despair. But those who built and have preserved our country didn't despair. And if we are going to do our part, we need to draw on the books, the history, and the ideas that gave our forefathers and mothers strength and inspiration. Hillsdale College was founded in 1844 to teach these things, and it teaches them still today. The great news is that we can all study these things, along with Hillsdale College professors, right in our homes. Through Hillsdale's free online courses, we can study the history of our civilization, the wisdom of ancient Judeo-Christian philosophers, and the writings of Shakespeare and Mark Twain. We can reacquaint ourselves with our Constitution. We can learn how the Constitution has been undermined, and more importantly, how it can be recovered. My friends, as we fight in defense of family, faith, and freedom, let us draw on the best of the past with Hillsdale's guidance to save the greatest nation on earth. Begin learning today at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com.
Look at that. Shooting's up 81% in New York, 113% in Minneapolis, 50% in Atlanta, 33% in Chicago. Hey, how's that undermining the cops going, you liberal nutjobs? So our media lie about the 2016 presidential election. They have lied about the 2020 presidential election in, in significant ways, anyway. Like some of the most important federal constitutional-based lawsuits that took place. They like to throw everything together, lump them all. Hey, they filed 66 suits, and they didn't win a single one. I'm talking about two lawsuits. Hey, they filed 66. They're like parrots. They just keep going on and on and on. Hey, shut up. They lie. They lied that President Trump sold out to Ukraine. It was disgusting. They lied that he incited an insurrection. There was no insurrection. Not one of those people even had a weapon, for God's sakes. Unlike Black Lives Matter and Antifa and the other Marxist operations right under our noses, look what's going on in these cities. I want to thank the Democrat Party. I want to thank the media. I want to thank the sports icons and their broadcast friends on ESPN. I want to thank them all. We now have an official crime wave going on in our major cities. Wow, that's cool. A crime wave. Where more blacks are killing more blacks at a record number than any time in modern history. So I want to thank them for their, for their wonderful actions. Isn't this sick? Shouldn't they be denounced by professional basketball? Shouldn't they be denounced by sportscasters? Shouldn't they be denounced by Hollywood? Shouldn't they be denounced by, denounced by mayors in these cities? Thank them. They're giving them money. They're giving Black Lives Matter money. They pretend Antifa is mostly peaceful. But don't worry. Don't worry, we're spending a fortune to protect the Capitol from another insurrection. Don't worry, we got this covered. What a disgrace. Human beings killing human beings, what a disgusting disgrace. Yes, this is called what, criminal justice reform? What is this called? What concerns me is, even if we take back the House and the Senate and the presidency, these cities are run by Democrats. A Republican Washington can't fix that. They can't fix the lack of school opportunity. They can't fix the tax rates. They can't fix the Democrat Party corruption in these cities. They can't fix it. They can't fix the MBA and the corporatists and all the rest who contribute, who have contributed to this. They can't fix it. I was thinking about this critical race theory stuff, and we'll get to more of this later. I dare to say these things before the book comes out, but that's okay. The munchkins out there can repeat it. You see the beginnings of opposition rising in a few school districts on critical race theory, but only a few. But think about this for a minute. 
critical race theory will never be challenged in our major cities. It's fully embraced by these mayors and these school boards, whether it's San Francisco or Portland, whether it's Seattle, Washington, D.C., Atlanta, Chicago, you name it. These Democrat strongholds. Meanwhile, in more Republican areas, critical race theory is under attack, as it should be, in these various school districts here and there. It's sporadic. We're going to help unite these forces. That's the whole point of the book. Well, one of the whole points of the book. So we're going to have parts of the country that reject critical race theory and should, and parts of the country that embrace it because now they're part of the propaganda machine of the Democrat Party and the American Marxists. So we're now going to have a country learning two different histories. One the truth and one a lie. And by the way, nobody's saying segregation and slavery shouldn't be taught. What we're saying is we should not be adopting American Marxism, which uses race to destroy the country. There's a difference. There's a big difference. So now we're going to have ideologically segregated school systems. That's not a very pretty picture, is it, ladies and gentlemen? That's where we're headed. All right, we've got a lot to cover. By the way, Dan Bongino, you did a great job today, my brother. My local station, WMAL, wonderful lineup. I was on with Larry O'Connor. It's always an honor to be on with Larry. He's terrific. And I want to thank all of our wonderful affiliates up and down the line. You are absolutely the best. I shall return. Broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. The Democrats have now come up with a line after these vicious, organized attacks all over the country against Jews by Palestinians and others. That they're opposed to anti-Semitism and Islamophobia. See, this is how it's done. Well, now, where is this Islamophobia exactly? How many mosques have been burned in the last 18 months? We have the FBI statistics. We know that 60% of the religious hate crimes were done against the Jews, not against Muslims. They do this, ladies and gentlemen, to give an excuse. To create a moral equivalency, if you will. Between the perpetrators, these Muslims groups and individuals who are attacking the Jews, and their victims, the Jews. This is your Democrat Party. Five Jewish organizations, apparently, organizations that Joe Biden prefers. It's a lot of Jewish organizations he doesn't like. 
because they're not patsies like he is, in any event, begged him on Friday to speak out against the anti-Semitism. Now, you know I spent a lot of time on this last week. Well, he issues a statement. They're very excited about a statement issued by Joe Biden. I said to Mr. Producer, I can't find the audio of this statement. Can we look for the audio? Mr. Producer, did you find the audio? He didn't, and I didn't, because there isn't any. He didn't get up and make a statement and take questions from reporters about it. It didn't move him enough to do such a thing. Meanwhile, he went to Atlanta for a different matter altogether, where some guy shot eight people, six of whom were Asians, Asian Americans. The FBI said it was not race-based, and yet Joe Biden made it race-based, as did Kamala Harris. Now, here we have this anti-Semitism taking place. You don't have to pretend it's taking place. It's widespread. And Joe Biden issues a statement, a written statement. Compare that to President Trump, who was full-throated in his condemnation of anti-Semitism. And notice how the media are passive. Notice how passive the media are. And it shouldn't surprise any of you. As I've said again and again to the last person in this country will hear. The New York Times covered up the Holocaust from its readers. Until 1944. Until 1944. The Washington Post covered up the Holocaust to its readers. So why would they spend much time or attention on a little thing like anti-Semitism here and there. They wouldn't. And I want to remind you, Black Lives Matter, which has the full support of LeBron James and Steph Curry, and most of the hosts on ESPN, which has the full support of the Democrat Party, and mayors who put Black Lives Matter in their streets. They're not talking about Black Lives Matter Lowercase, they're talking about the group, Black Lives Matter, uppercase. Which is a vile, full-throated, Marxist, anarchist, anti-American, anti-Semitic organization. It's amazing. It's amazing. Our immigration system is deplorable. People coming into this country who hate the country? Not all, of course. I'm not talking about all. Two of them in the House of Representatives? That's not what immigration is supposed to be about. Immigration is supposed to be about what's in the best interest of the American citizen today. Not the country from which these people hail, or their culture, or them. That's a fact. And when you're attacking the American founding, when you're calling this country a a white dominant society, when you're calling the country systemically racist and now you're learning it in elementary school and you're watching it on TV and you're hearing it in sports and in movies and in commercials, day in and day out, 
people newly into this country, why the hell would they want to assimilate into a culture like that? It's a lie. It's propaganda. And this is how the American Marxists operates. And the damn fools who follow them. And in many cases, to their own detriment. Tiffany Cross, Mr. Producer, is a host on MSNBC. Is that correct? Never heard of her. Or him, or it. Got to be careful these days. And here's Timony, uh, Tiffany Cross. And this is, these are major networks. Whatever you think of MSNBC or CNN, these are major, major cable networks that hire people like this to say the things that they're saying. Cut three, go. Dean, I know as a Muslim American that you have experienced um, discrimination and um, Dean, I know as a Muslim American that you have experienced um, discrimination and, you know, your, your own encounters with white supremacy. When I hear... What, 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 excuse me? What are his examples of the encountering discrimination f- from white people? How do white people even know this guy's Muslim? I don't have a picture of him. How do you even know that he's Muslim? But he's getting, he's facing discrimination nonetheless. From white supremacy. Go ahead. The asinine, idiotic, half-witted, slow-witted, fool of a woman, Marjorie Taylor Greene, make this comparison. Now listen to how she talks about her. But she won't say a damn thing like that against the Marxists. She won't say that about Talib or Omar or Presley or Bush or AOC or Bernie Sanders. Of course not. Go ahead. She's insignificant. What really pisses me off is that there are people across this country who believe what she's saying. Uh, this stems from How a do you know line. that, Tiffany? How do you know that, Tiffany? Who are you talking to? The truth is that 99.9% of the people in America don't even know who Marjorie Taylor Greene is. And 100% of the people, other than the people at MSNBC, don't know who Tiffany Cross is. And for good reason, she's an idiot. Go ahead. You know, that would be like me starting this show and saying, Hey, look, Fred, as an evangelical Christian, we know, and a white evangelical Christian, that that you've been experiencing racism when you go into uh, minority communities and uh, so forth and so on, and then move on. And yet because it is a certain kind of racism, it's accepted. It's even celebrated and promoted. It's okay for Tiffany Cross to say what she's saying. And she's a gutless wonder and a moron on top of that. Go ahead this country. I'm just curious your thoughts on this situation uh, as we just try to survive this 400-year nightmare of being under attack of violent white rule. How does anybody like this get a serious job on a television network? Violent white rule? Is that the problem in this country? Violent white rule? If that's the problem, then why do people get on TV and constantly attack white people, white supremacy, 
white privilege, if there's violent white rule, you wouldn't be able to do those things, now would you? How does a complete ass and buffoon and propagandist like this, I'm serious, wind up as a host? I don't know Tiffany Cross. I don't even know who, I have no idea who this person is. And yet she has a platform. Kind of a female Don Lemon, I guess. Who says outrageous things. But I have to say to Don Lemon in his defense, he doesn't even say stuff like this. (sighs) Louisa Duran is a critical race theory advocate. And she's having a discussion with a teacher from Atlanta and a teacher from L.A. and another person. And there's a wonderful site out there called The Post Millennial. And I encourage you to bookmark it, among others. There are many wonderful sites. But this is a very good site. And I want you to listen to how some of these CRT, critical race theory, buffoons, think and what they promote and what they teach. Cut one, go. For anyone who doesn't know what Enlightenment principles are, it's a philosophical movement that dominated in Europe during the 18th century was centered around the idea that reason is the primary source of authority and legitimacy and advocated such ideals as liberty, progress, tolerance, fraternity, constitutional government, and separations of church and state. Now, inherently, the problem with that is that when our Constitution was built, our Constitution was built on those founding principles, but was not built on those founding principles, including the humanization of marginalized So let's stop. Actually, it was. Actually, it was built on the humanization of marginalized folks. You can go back as far back as the Magna Carta, but you don't need to. If you know anything about the Enlightenment, and she doesn't, she was reading something. Or if you look at the Declaration of Independence. Now, the man who did most in this country than any other human being to end slavery and to promote what she talks about was Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln constantly talked about the Enlightenment, and particularly the Declaration of Independence. So why would you throw those out? Why would you reject those? Why would you destroy those? It doesn't make any sense. And meanwhile, why would you embrace Marxism? Marxism. Why would you embrace that? Which enslaves people today. These Marxist terrorist organizations in the Middle East, in Africa, in Southeast Asia. But Marxist governments... And the death cult that they promote. It's an incredible thing. Go ahead. So you cannot cite our Constitution. Our Constitution should be burned because our Constitution in and of itself is only written for who owned land. No, it's not. It's only written for who owned land. Is that that what the Constitution says? Look at the Bill of Rights, ladies and gentlemen, which has been used by every major civil rights organization since before the Civil War. Is the First Amendment written for those who own land? Free exercise of religion? Freedom of speech? Freedom of association? The Second Amendment? The right to bear arms? Do they say anything about race? How about due process and probable cause? People assert that, white, black, everything, all the time. Right to a speedy trial. 
and so forth and so on. 13th, 14th, 15th Amendments, called the Civil War Amendments. Equal protection. Well, we ought to throw all that out, because you see, that was all written by people who own land, people who own property, and people who own people. We should throw all that out. Is this what societies do to themselves? You think they go through countries in the Middle East and they say that we should destroy our history? You think they go through countries in Africa and say we should destroy our history? Do they go through countries in Eastern Europe and say we should destroy our history? How about Central and South America? We should destroy our history because this part is in our history? That we should also destroy the good things in our history? The positive things in our history? And replace it with what exactly? Go ahead. At the time, it's still written accordingly. Who was owned? Black folks. Those, those amendments have not been ratified. You should read your constitution. What amendments have not been ratified? What are you talking about? What in the world are you talking about? But the point is, burn the constitution. And replace it with what? More when I return. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs, with the absolute best consumer service team, based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Hear a little bit more of Louisa Duran, critical race theory advocate. And you can see again, this is Marxism. Marx believes that you need to wipe the slate clean of all history, even if needed by despotic means. Again, this is why I wrote American Marxism, so you can have a better understanding and a better feel for what's taking place, and a better answer than we have in most cases. Cut to go. To be totally fair, the reason I say white folks and people who happen to be white is because anyone that is born in the world, because whiteness is global, can absolutely abide by tenets of whiteness. This is why we have Candace Owens. This is why we have Daniel J. Cameron. This is why we have black folks who will say critical race theory is trash because there is trauma rooted in that for marginalized folks. That means they try to increase their proximity 
to those ideals and those policies and those institutions. Okay, this woman is not bright. She's basically regurgitating what she's been taught in the last generation or two by critical race theoreticians out of Stanford and Harvard Law School and various other schools now is what they teach. And what they teach is if you're not white and you don't buy our Marxist ideology and you don't agree with our white supremacist argument, then you're simply tormented by and traumatized by this white dominant society. Or you are called what the Latcrit people, the Latino critical race theory people call, you're a colonized Hispanic. You see, there's no competition of ideas. There's none of it. You're dismissed. Black, brown, whatever you are. This is why some people are afraid to confront this. This is why they have to pretend they're down for the revolution, particularly if they're minorities, on TV, in the corporate boardroom, in sports or whatever, because this is what they face. Go ahead. But at the end of the day... People who are phenotypically white have a choice. Phenotypically white. So if you're black and you don't agree with Marxism, you're phenotypically white. Go ahead. Because we're all indoctrinated into whiteness. They can choose to continue to uphold the system that was built for and by them on our backs. Those are white people. And then there's people who happen to be white, like a Dr. K, who is a person who is phenotypically white. All right. Now listen to that. She's trashing Dr. King. More on that when I return. The champion of liberty and true conservatism. Call Mark now. 877-381-3811. That's a twofer. All right. This is very, very important. Very important to understand. We discussed that a week or two ago. That the critical race theoreticians reject Dr. Martin Luther King. They reject all the civil rights icons of the 50s, 60s, and 70s. They reject Brown versus Board of Education and subsequent civil rights decisions by the Supreme Court. They reject the 1964 and 1965 Civil Rights Acts. They reject it all. Because they know, and I know they know, Karl Marx hated so-called socialists. He hated them. He said it was they who were preventing the communist revolution because they were making adjustments to in peace with the individuals who benefit from the existing society. While critical race theory, black lives matter, they all understand and believe the same thing. That the civil rights movement was a farce. That all the civil rights movement did, and all Martin Luther King did, was extend white dominance over the society. Made peace with it, adjusted it. But that's not good enough, Marx tells them. 
You must destroy the existing society, even if you have to do it by force. You will learn all of this, those of you who are unfamiliar with it, which is most, in American Marxism. So now, let's listen again to Louisa Duran. And when she talks about Dr. King, she's talking about Dr. King's niece, who believes in a colorblind society, because her uncle spoke so eloquently about equality in a colorblind society. As you can tell by now, critical race theory, much like Louis Farrakhan, does not believe in a colorblind society. It believes a colorblind society, yet again, is a vile attempt to try and work with the white dominant society. That color is crucial. That separatism is crucial. This is a, a new black nationalist movement that has expanded to brown nationalist movement or whatever other elements of the nationalist movement conjoined in what is ultimately a Marxist movement. That's what it is. And you have damn fools in corporate America and sports and elsewhere who don't even know what they're supporting. They're so stupid. But listen now, with that piece of information, again explained fully in American Marxism, cut to go. To be totally fair, the reason I say white folks and people who happen to be white is because anyone that is born in the world, because whiteness is global, can absolutely abide by tenets of whiteness. This is why we have Candace Owens. This is why we have Daniel J. Cameron. This is why we have black folks who will say critical race theory is trash, because there is trauma rooted in that for marginalized folks. That means they try to increase their proximity to those ideals and those policies and those institutions for safeness. But at the end of the day, People who are phenotypically white have a choice. So stop. So Candace Owens isn't black, you see. And Robert Woodson isn't black. And uh, who else? Anybody who doesn't buy in to this racist theory, which, by the way, is most blacks. They're really not black. They're black by skin color. But they're really marginalized folks. They're traumatized folks who are she says, phenotypically white. That is, they have all the characteristics and personality of a white person, despite the fact that their skin isn't white. If that's not a stereotype, if that's not a racist comment about black people and brown people and others who do not support this racist Marxist movement, I don't know what is. And it is supported throughout school districts by superintendents and school boards. It is supported throughout the federal government, including in the United States military. It's supported by the Democrat Party, and this is what they're supporting. This is what they're supporting. Go ahead. And because we're all indoctrinated into whiteness. They can choose to continue to uphold the system that was built for and by them on our backs. Those are white people. Stop. So they continue to support the system. They're trying to, telling you, to destroy the system. Hence the riots. Hence the indoctrination of your children. Hence the fools on television that propagate this racism. Hence clowns like LeBron James. 
Hence fools with tenured jobs in our colleges and universities. Go ahead. There's people who happen to be white, like a Dr. K, who is a person who is phenotypically white, who is now committed to dismantling that same system using her identity privilege. So now Dr. King, Alveda King, has identity privilege. They invent all these terms and notions. She has identity privilege, you see, because she's a king. But she's really white. She's really white. She's a king. Because she embraces the country and believes in a colorblind society. This is why this is so important to play for you. In so many ways. It's so educational for people to understand what's taking place here. I hear people say, so we shouldn't teach slavery? I think I heard Juan Williams say, we shouldn't teach slavery? Who said that? We absolutely should teach slavery. What took place, we should teach the history. But we shouldn't teach a lie either. This isn't about teaching slavery, ladies and gentlemen. This isn't even about race, even though they're racists that make these racist comments. This is about overthrowing the country. Pure and simple. And imposing it with what? Marxism. And what you'll find in the book, American Marxism, is it's not just critical race theory. It's not just the immigration activities that are taking place. It's not just a, a significant and growing part of the, of the transsexual movement. But it's this entire climate change movement. It's not about climate change. It's not about a one-degree change in the temperature. It is about killing the capitalist system and replacing it with a Marxist-oriented economic system. That's what it's about. And people say, Mark, what are you... I will give you the names of the people and the scholars, so-called, and the professors and the activists who are pushing this. It comes out of their mouths. It comes out of their writing. You just heard this woman. Some of you can say, that's unbelievable. That's all right. This is what it is. This is what it is. To burn down the country. This is no damn joke. What's happening to our kids? The abuse of our kids. When you're indoctrinating them, who the hell does that? Marxists do it. That's who the hell do it. When you're trying to destroy the greatest economic system on the face of the earth, that's created more wealth and opportunity for more people, regardless of race, than any on the face of the earth. Look at the border. We're being swamped. Why do you think? So who would want to destroy a capitalist system? Who do you think? I'll be right back. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. 
Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. By the way, folks, uh, we're taking a look at Amazon, and uh, you're remarkable. This audience is fantastic. We're number two on Amazon, American Marxism, behind, oh, the places you'll go, Dr. Seuss, and we're happy to be number two behind Dr. Seuss. But we are now leading uh, Oprah Winfrey and a bunch of other leftists, and that's thanks to you. And I'm hoping I'll have a big announcement on by Thursday. That's the goal. I'm hoping I have a big announcement about the book by this coming Thursday. So those of you who have been giving this some thought or putting it off about pre-orders, please jump in and join a tremendous group of patriots and a growing group of patriots who are very desirous of and anxious to begin the pushback against what's taking place in this country. And that's what we're launching. We've already you can already see it launching in different places in different ways as a result of what we continue to talk about here and press on all the formats with you in the audience. You're the only ones that make this possible. If you weren't watching Levin TV or watching my show on Fox or listening to this radio show, there wouldn't be any Mark Levin broadcasting and so forth. There wouldn't be any books that I write like American Marxism. This is the most important book I've ever written. I say that unequivocally. This is the most important time for a book like this to be released. And when it is released on July 13th, I just want you to know that tens of thousands of fellow Levinites and patriots are going to have that book in hand too. And we're going to begin on the starting line on day one. I've given you little tastes here and there. Because that's all I'm allowed to do, quite frankly. Uh, probably more than I should, but I have a little bit of leeway, given the size of this audience. It's almost 40% off. It's a great Father's Day gift. Even though you won't have it in hand, you can explain that it's coming. I think it's $17 and change, whatever it is. You can hear how I dissect these different movements, how I, I interconnect them, because they believe they're interconnected, uh, and what we're going to do about it. It's especially important if you have college-age children or grandchildren or high school-age children or grandchildren. It's especially important in your workplace if you see people who are, are kind of leaning in the wrong direction but aren't sure. And it's especially important if you want to engage and fight this, not physically but in other ways. And you do, I know. You care about this country. You're the Paul Revere's. And I hope this book takes off like a Thomas Paine pamphlet, The American Crisis.
Liberty and Tyranny did 12 years ago with the Tea Party. Right now, we don't have a movement, and our goal is to build this movement, to build this anti-Marxist movement, this pro-American movement, whatever walk of life you're in. It doesn't matter. I don't care if you have a PhD. I don't care if you dropped out of high school. It doesn't matter to me if you're a patriot. It's all the same. We're American citizens. I don't care if you're black or white, if you're mixed, if you're Hispanic, you're Muslim or Jewish or Christian. doesn't matter to me. If you love this country, it's time to unite. It's time to galvanize. There are more of us than there are of the Marxists. We need to take our schools back. We need to make a lesson for these corporations. We need to take our freedom of speech back, our platforms back. There's a lot we need to do. And we need to start now. It's going to take some time, obviously. We didn't get here yesterday. But it's time to identify what's going on very specifically. Identify their areas of weakness and their areas of strength. And then draw our conclusions on the strategies and tactics to address it. But first, we have to know what it is. When you're talking about critical race theory, we're not talking about not teaching about slavery. We're talking against Marxism and racism and bigotry. They're the Marxists, they're the racists, they're the bigots. And it's time that we speak like we know what we're talking about and have the courage to do it. When you see Biden and the Democrat Party and the media and the rest sitting back while people running around with Palestinian flags are beating up Jews, sit back for that, speak up. Speak up. When you see our police being undermined, being brutalized, speak up. Have courage. Have courage. We don't need school boards taking over our schools and turning it over to activists. There's so much we can do and so much we will do together. At first, again, we have to know about whom we're speaking and about what we're dealing with. This is my best shot. It's the longest book I've ever written, too. So we'll do it together. We'll take our time. We'll go through it. And then we'll talk about it. And then we will act. American Marxism is on Amazon. It's on all these other sites if you prefer them. And I hope you'll jump in. And you know, here's the thing. I think we are ripe to push back. I think at first we were stunned by all this. We were hampered by this virus. The vicious attacks on our president. The lies, the, the, the lies, excuse me, that the media tell relentlessly. That's fine. That's fine. We're back. We're going to organize and unite and galvanize. And we're going to claw our way back. Together. I'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. 
now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. We've covered a lot, but we have a lot more ground to cover. What's going on with this Iran deal? President Trump killed the deal, and he choked off resources to Iran. Iran is a terrorist nation. What's going on? But we're not really told what's going on. Have you ever seen anything like this? All this negotiation is top secret. These deals aren't treated like treaties, the way the framers of the Constitution intended. And this is why. Because you've got a, uh, a half-wit of a president surrounded by a bunch of radicals who do not love this country, working out a deal with an Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran, which hates us. And you and me, we sit here, we're wondering what the hell's going on. Nothing's going to be presented to Congress for a vote. What kind of a country has this turned into? Well, there's a piece written by Jacob Nagel. And he's looking at this Iran situation at the uh, Jerusalem Post. And he says, the United States is preparing to repeat its past mistakes as the Biden administration in Tehran, and it's actually the Obama-Biden administration that did it first round, now it's Biden, to return to the flawed 2015 Iran nuclear deal, formerly known as the JCPOA. Now you're going to learn something here you didn't even know about our own country. Talks in Vienna are ongoing. But the end result looks clear. Another victory for the clerical regime in Iran and another bad deal for the United States, Israel, and other American allies in the region, Arabs. A tough road lies ahead for U.S.-Israeli relations, but the two allies can and must work together to manage their differences, he says. But that's not the point. The first stand to understanding Washington's mindset In order to check the Iranian problem off its to-do list, the Biden administration continues to offer concessions to get Tehran to resume compliance with the old deal. The deal's fatal flaws and Iran's ongoing nuclear extortion notwithstanding. Biden does not seem to understand how this empowers Tehran, sensing they have the upper hand. This is what's going on in the shadows. Negotiators, that is Iranian negotiators, are playing hard to get, tacking on demand after demand. Tehran insists that Washington pay a premium for the privilege of lifting sanctions and re-entering an agreement that grants that regime in, in Iran a patient pathway to atomic weapons. By returning to the deal, the regime can legally install advanced centrifuges build up Iran's enrichment capabilities, and wait for key restrictions to sunset over the next two to nine years. After 2030, there will be no prohibitions on the Islamic Republic's ability to produce weapons-grade uranium, and Iran's advanced centrifuges will enable it to do so faster and more covertly. Nor does the deal check Tehran's weaponization activities, 
So as a result, Iran's sneak-out time, the interval necessary to produce a nuclear weapon, will soon be almost zero. All, all of America's Middle Eastern allies, all of them, are rightly concerned about U.S. policy. Beyond the existential threat of a nuclear Iran, Jerusalem does not relish the thought of the world's leading state sponsor of terrorism fueling Lebanese Hezbollah, Gaza Hamas, Yemen Houthis, and other terrorist proxies with billions and billions of dollars in UN sanctions relief. So you look at Lebanon, you look at Yemen, you look at the Gaza Strip, you watch these commercials, don't you? With these men missing arms and legs. Americans. While the weapons that were used to do that to our men were produced in Iran. In Iran. The article goes on. This will make things very difficult for Israel. How can it act decisively against the Iranian nuclear program when that program has been legitimized by an agreement with the United States? How will Washington react if Israel must take military action, covert or not, against Iran's nuclear program given Israel does not accept the U.S. request for prior consultation? Yeah, because it will be leaked to the New York Times. And it goes on. The reason why Benjamin Netanyahu is hated by the Marxist left in this country by commies like Bernie Sanders is because he's strong. He defends his country. That's why they hate Donald Trump. That's why they hated Ronald Reagan. These are strong people, strong leaders who try to defend the system, defend the country against the Marxists. Well, Bernie's a Marxist. And he keeps calling Netanyahu a racist and other things because he's a very stupid old man and that's pretty much all he knows. That's what he knows how to do. And his base is stupid. Because they jump up and down to that kind of talk. And Netanyahu said today, I thought rather diplomatically, that Israel and its uh, friendship and alliance with the United States is essential. However, there may be a point at which Israel has to go alone. If it believes Iran is in a position to potentially destroy his country. In other words, Israel is a sovereign country. Netanyahu is currently the prime minister. And he has been a tremendous leader, really worldwide, not just in Israel. And he's saying, look, I'm, I'm not the prime minister of Joe Biden's staff. They're not my staff. I'm not the president of the United States. I'm the prime minister of Israel. There's not a single Arab country. There's not a single, let me put it to you this way. There's not a single Arab country that's, that has a, a, um, a diplomatic relationship with the United States that supports this deal, let alone Israel. None of them. And all these countries are in that area, and all these people live in that area. They know best. They know best. 
And this is why we have a treaty provision in our Constitution. So a lame brain like this, or a radical like Obama, can't tie the nation to a policy, a foreign policy, that doesn't have the broad support of the body politic. That's why we have a treaty clause. If this isn't subject to a treaty, like the first version of it, then nothing is subject to a treaty. Period. Look what they've done to our cities and the cops. Look what they've done. Look what they're doing to our schools with critical race theory. Look what they've done to our borders. Look what they're doing to our country, the left here. So Israel looks at this and says, well, if you don't care about your own country, you sure as hell aren't going to give a damn about us. And when they hear the Democrat Party supporting Hamas, and when Joe Biden is all but silent, well then, they may well have to go their own way. And Taiwan, and Taiwan too, by the way. It's really shocking. I'll be right back. in. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine, full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. America's governor, Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida, will be on the program at the bottom of the hour to talk about this tech legislation that they've uh, instituted. I think you'll find that quite fascinating. So Governor Ron DeSantis, in a little over 10 minutes, will be on the program. WTKS, Nathan Hilton Head, South Carolina. How are you, sir? Go go right ahead. I'm doing well. Um, There's... There's never enough time. Um, I was at the Restoring Honor rally back in 2010 that Glenn Beck had, and um, they had really bad sound. There was over 700,000 of us, if there wasn't a million. I was way in the back. Um, When Dr. Elvita King came on and spoke, which I never knew who she was, um, everybody got silent. Everybody listened to her. She was the best public speaker I've ever had the pleasure of listening to. I felt like I was at the Great Enlightenment. I, I, it was transformative. And um, when you were speaking about, when you earlier said, oh, uh, Dr. King's niece, I knew who exactly you were talking about because after she spoke that day um, at the hotel in D.C., 
All they did was trash her. Al Sharpton, all of them. All they did, they, they trashed Elvita King. They didn't talk about the restoring honor rally. They were trashing Elvita King because that's what they had to do. Because that's what Marxists do. They must crush the opposition. She's a threat to them. She's dangerous. And you could hear she's not even white as far as they're concerned. This is a, a racist uh, 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 entity, but more than that, it is a Marxist entity, and it must destroy all notions of civility. No better way than to turn race against race, and to indoctrinate students as young as possible, uh, to destroy the fabric of the country, the notion of a civil society, to go after the founding documents, to do all these things. And uh, as I say, this is founded by an, a full-throated Marxist, critical race theory, and uh, those people who or the activists in this movement know exactly what they're doing. Thank you for your patriotism and your call, Nathan. Steve Woodbridge, New Jersey, the great WABC. Steve, go right ahead, please. Hi, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. You got it. I go back with you to, I go back with you to your earliest days on WABC and Sundays. Sundays, really? I met you in February. Yes. Wow. Yes. I met you in... in Met you in February 2005. You signed my copy of Men in Black. We had a nice five-minute conversation. You're a very, de- you're a very nice, decent guy. All right. Thank you. I haven't had a chance to call in a while. Look, I want to thank you for doing something that people like I, I'll speak for myself, but I think others have suspected for a while. That is, you brought on a guest and taught connected dots, tracing that virus back to the Wuhan lab. Number one and number two, creating at least creating the issue that our government may have funded. Part of their research that led to development of that virus. I, I thank you very much. And this this backbencher thanks you. Okay, now no no no. The audience isn't backbenchers. The backbenchers know who they are. Go go ahead. <laughs> okay, I, I I understand. I know other people call you and they dwell on the problem. They have no solution, and they ask you for guidance. Here's the solution. Let's borrow a, a page out of Democrats' playbook. Every elected Republican, certainly at the federal level, and a safety, get to a microphone right, right away and call for a special counsel. No, we don't trust Merrick Garland's justice, the Biden Justice mm-hmm. Department. We want a special counsel. The You're origins right. of the virus, all right? Did our did American tax dollars go to fund it? Are we aware that they're continuing to 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 build the virus? Your guest alluded to this last night. And what are we doing to squeeze them from within? And I believe Donald Trump was I squeeze them from within to make sure this doesn't happen again. Allah Ronald Reagan, we need to call them out. Evil Empire, continuation of the Cold War. And you say so. You're right on. Absolutely right on. I really appreciate that, Steve. Well done. All right, brother, you take care. Let's go to Doug, Rome, Georgia, the Mark Levin app. Doug, how are you, sir? I'm doing very well. Thank you, Mark, for taking my call. You bet. And uh, I have a question for you. And the Marxists like to impugn America for slavery and racism. And But the history of mankind is of stronger tribes, peoples, nations, conquering and subjugating weaker, weaker, weaker nations, weaker people. But and they impugn America for slavery and racism, but yet that that happened 200 years ago or in the 20th century that was mild compared to what the communists did in the 20th century, where they butchered upward of 100 million people. And how come that never gets addressed comparatively to what Americans? Well, if you're a Marxist, you're not going to bring up what Marxism has has spawned. 
You see, these are evil people. These aren't good people. Uh, they are, you're right, they're promoting a genocidal um, abstraction as, as policy and as, uh, as a, a basis for government. Marx, Marx was, was an ideologue. He was a theorist. And Marxism, as we call it today, wasn't even popular. It was 40 years later where people picked up his stuff and started to read it and started to try and apply it, uh, mostly right before the Industrial Revolution. You'll find the Marxists hate the Industrial Revolution. They thought the Industrial Revolution would create all this proletariat rising up against this system. It didn't. It created a massive middle class. And again, all of this is discussed in the book, too, there have been enough treatises on uh, Marx, so I don't want to do that, but I had to touch on some of it. And uh, you're exactly right. They're embracing an ideology that has resulted in the death of 100 million people. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Mark Levin, the thunder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. You know, there's a reason why people are flooding into Florida as opposed to leaving, like in New York and California and so forth. Florida is the cutting edge in this country on technology, on science, on economics, and on liberty issues. And the reason is because of the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, who was a fantastic congressman and he's a fantastic governor. Governor DeSantis, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, Mark. How are you doing? I'm doing very, very well, even though I haven't had dinner yet. You know, I've got to get through the show before I get dinner, Mr. Governor. Are you aware of this? No, I, I don't know that I could make it until uh, <laughs> 9 o'clock, so you're a better man than me. All right. You have uh, signed what is the first of its kind law uh, to hold big tech companies accountable for, uh, for how they're interfering with uh, freedom of speech. Would you like to explain it? Absolutely, Mark. And uh, people want to see uh, all the steps we took. They can go to rondesantis.com. We have all have it laid out there. But basically what we do is we follow along with Clarence Thomas's recent concurrence, saying that these big tech platforms are effectively common carriers. And we're empowering Floridians, if they're censored or deplatformed, uh, to be able to sue big tech uh, for damages. And the idea is we're making big tech be transparent about their algorithms in terms of 
of service and all these things. And if they're applying that in a discriminatory fashion, you have a right to hold them accountable. We also give the Attorney General of Florida the ability to bring actions against big, big tech. We beef up some of our antitrust provisions, and we do have stiff fines for deplatforming of candidates. And so if they deplatform a Republican senatorial candidate, that's going to be a $250,000 daily fine. We want to get big tech out of our elections. We don't want them to have control over the public square. You know, Mark, you know more than anyone, the founding fathers, they feared concentrations of power. And in their time, generally, that was something feared from the government. And obviously, it still is in in certain respects. Uh, But I think the difference between that time when they built the constitutional system with checks and balances, separation of powers to prevent against uh, concentration of power, and now our time is we have this concentration of power in Silicon Valley that's apart from the government. It does do the government's bidding with with Biden in there. Um, But I think they're wielding monopoly power, which is way more uh, significant than the monopolies at the beginning of the 20th century. And in some respects, in our daily lives, big tech wields more influence over the American people than even the government itself. And so we're trying to push back against this massive concentration of power in Silicon Valley. We do not believe they should be able to use their monopolistic power to censor Floridians. We don't believe they should be able to impose an orthodoxy on this country. And so I think what we did is the strongest that anyone's done anywhere in the country. Um, It is one step. I think that you will eventually need actions to be taken at the federal level. Uh, But I think our view was we want to do whatever we can at the state level to protect Floridians and fight back against censorship. Well, I think it's brilliant. Uh, Do you think big tech is going to bring litigation? Absolutely. You can set your clock to that. Uh, They very much fear this. I mean, part of what they fear is the transparency, because I think if they have to be honest about the way they manipulate their platforms, it would be clear to people uh, that they're not doing this in any type of an even-handed way. Um, I also think that they want to be able uh, to enforce an orthodoxy. I think that that's what they've grown accustomed to doing. I mean, just think, Mark, this recent news now um, where people are now starting to acknowledge COVID may have been a leak from this lab in Wuhan. A year ago, if you would have said that, uh, the media would have said it's a conspiracy theory, and big tech actually would have deplatformed you or censored you as a result of that. Now we have information, even Fauci acknowledged that that may be the case, and there's more and more evidence to support it. Remember last Last year, when people were criticizing coronavirus lockdowns, big tech was censoring that. But now we look a year later, look at all the damage that these lockdowns have done and all the lives they've ruined in places like California, New York, and Michigan. So um, they don't want to come clean. They want to enforce an orthodoxy. So they're going to sue. You know, we obviously will vigorously defend this. But, Mark, this very well may end up someday in front of the United States Supreme Court. And, um, you know, if we follow Justice Thomas's lead, then then this law is going to hold up very well. And same with standing. I think we talked about this before. Massachusetts versus EPA. The uh, the federal Supreme Court created standing for Massachusetts that it didn't have, and that is a strong. And you're a lawyer, you know the strong standing argument. Now you can make out of uh, Supreme Court precedent because that's you know what what the left does is they take this precedent when it works, and then they ask the court to reject it when it doesn't work. And I think you're also asserting your Tenth Amendment federalism power here. And uh, 
You think other Republican governors will pick up where you're, uh, where you're taking off? They tend to do that. Yeah, I think so. I think you've started to see it in other states. Now, the point was made at our bill signing today by some of our legislators that this is actually was advancing as ours was advancing, too, and big tech lobbyists killed it in some of these other states. You know, those lobbyists came to Florida, and we said, we are not bending on this. We're standing our ground. We're going to hold the line. And the result was we got it across the finish line. We actually did get some Democrat votes, too. It wasn't purely party line, but I think the Democrats um, their general view is, you know, if, if we're doing something, they want to just be the opposite side. So you actually have Democrats out there shilling for big tech. I mean, are you kidding me? So uh, I think that we're in, uh, in solid ground in terms of uh, dealing with issues that really concern a lot of people in Florida. And, Mark, we signed the bill down in Miami. I had Cuban exiles talk um, about the seriousness of censorship. I had a Venezuelan exile talk about the seriousness of censorship. So that community where we were at, there's probably more refugees from communism per capita than anywhere else in the country. Uh, They see the danger when you have massive concentrations of power uh, that could curtail people's free expression. You know, you touched on something earlier that's very, very important. We had these antitrust laws. Some existed. More were put in place to break up Standard Oil and companies like that. Uh, and uh, yet those companies did not infringe on our unalienable rights. They did not infringe on our right to free speech. What, what these companies are doing, they're actually undermining our founding document, document our governing document, and uh, particularly the First Amendment. Now, I understand they're not part of the government, but I would argue, given their in-kind contributions, their free media to the Democrats, Given Zuckerberg's dark money activity, there is a, uh, a, a, a certainly a, a taint of uh, government action here from my perspective. Yeah, I agree. I mean, obviously, we saw how they interfered in the election in 2020. I mean, give me a break. They had the, the heaviest thumb on the scale against Trump that you could have. Uh, but I also think if you look at the orthodoxy they are trying to enforce, they're basically an extension of the ruling elites, the prevailing administration in Washington, the corporate media, and then big tech is enforcing their orthodoxy. So when the corporate media was saying the lab leak in Wuhan was a conspiracy theory, big tech was taking that, and then they were deplatforming people as a result of it. Uh, some of the other things that corporate media, their narratives, big tech tends to elevate those narratives and then try to squelch dissent. So they're very much part of our ruling class and, um, and in some respects, an extension of the current administration in Washington. Because can you think of examples where they're suppressing uh, ideas or speech that is favorable to the Biden administration? I can't think of any. No. I can't think of any. And if there is one, it's certainly not a pattern. It's just one. But I really can't think of any. Let me ask you another subject and another issue here. You see what Biden's doing on the border. He has no interest in securing that border. He never talks about the border. Certain words are banned, like crisis and so forth. He has an obligation as President of the United States to enforce our immigration laws, and he's choosing not to enforce them. Have you ever seen anything like this before? 
I think this is way worse than what Obama did when he was president, which we were all critical of. It's so much the border is a total disaster, but it's even worse than just that. When Donald Trump was president in Florida, if we had a criminal alien, someone that was illegally here, they commit a crime, they go to state prison and serve their sentence, we would notify ICE and Donald Trump's ICE would pick that criminal alien out and they would send them back. It was clockwork. Biden's ICE will release them back into the communities. So these are people that not only are, have done things wrong, they've been convicted and actually served sentences, and they're here illegally, and they're just saying that they should be able to run wild in our communities. It is one of the most disgraceful things I've seen. Now, Florida, we're suing Biden over that policy, um, but the fact that we're even talking about this uh, really is an absolute disgrace. And I think part of it, Mark, is this is an absentee president. I mean, the guy clearly isn't playing with a full deck of cards. He's got a lot of ideological staffers and members of his administration that I think are pushing um, a lot of these crazy policies. I think it's completely backfiring on him. I think there's I think there's a lot of people who voted for him that were on the fence who completely regret their vote um, at this point. And obviously, all of us were saying, told you so, with what's going on. Um, but yes, to release criminal aliens, I mean, give me a break. Only a few minutes. I want to ask you about this spreading anti-Semitism that's going on in this country. The Democrat Party, mostly silent. The President of the United States puts out a written statement today, but he waits three days, nothing uh, verbal. Um, the party is increasingly anti-Israel. What, you've been a strong supporter of the state of Israel. You pushed for the embassy, U.S. Embassy to move to Jerusalem. What do you make of this? Honestly, I'm not surprised at what they're doing. I think the Democrat Party and this woke left, uh, they are anti-Israel, uh, and I think they are, by and large, anti-Semitic. And I think that they think Hamas, they, they're rooting for Hamas. I mean, this Hamas is a terrorist group, okay? What Hamas is trying to do is they're trying to take over the West Bank in addition to the Gaza. Now, the Palestinian Authority is a disaster, too, uh, but Hamas is even more militant, and that's what they're making the play for. Israel has every right to be defending itself. But notice, Mark, when Trump was president, you didn't see any of this stuff happening. Uh, Hamas is emboldened because of Biden's weakness and because they know that Biden's political base is not going to want to see the administration doing anything to help Israel, that they're basically going to, to stand by and show sympathies to the Palestinian Arabs. So I think that what we've seen in the Democratic Party, uh, we're going to continue to see. I think that's the direction they're going to go. You know, Biden is kind of a transitional figure, but I can tell you, I don't think the Democratic Party will ever nominate anyone for president again who is pro-Israel. Just shocking. Absolutely shocking. Well, Governor, we appreciate everything you're doing, uh, the leadership you're taking down there in Florida, and we wish you all the best, sir. Yeah, thanks, Mark. And if people want more information on this bill, rondesantis.com. If you're not in Florida, contact your legislators and your governor and ask them to follow Florida's lead. We're proud of what we did. Amen. God bless. Take care. God bless. Take care. Let us put his, his uh, rondesantis.com on our parlor site, Mr. Producer. And we'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong 
and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Let's go to Mark, New Haven, Connecticut, XM Satellite. Mark, go right ahead, please. Hi, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Um, I'm a detective up here in uh, Connecticut, and a couple years ago we had a pretty serious sexual assault in our jurisdiction. Um, We identified who did it, and it was a guy that was here illegally from Ecuador. Uh, We put the entire case together arrested him. He went through the court process, was out on bond, and um, he then fled the country and went back to Ecuador. Um, years go by. The reason we found out the reason he fled was he found out that after he served, was going to serve his prison sentence here in, in uh, Connecticut, he would then be deported back to Ecuador. So he fled. And uh, about a month ago, about a month and a half, we found out he was back in the country and he was bothering uh, a woman that he had a child with. So we set him up and uh, we caught him and arrested him on uh, the, the previous case. And we had found out from other jurisdictions that they had also had sexual assault cases into him as well from years ago. When we took him into custody, he had an ankle bracelet on. And we thought that was strange. We asked him about it, and he said it was an ankle bracelet that was put on him by immigration when he walked back into the country across the border several months ago in Texas. He advised us. They put the ankle monitor bracelet on him, and they released him into the country. No warrant check, no nothing. So it's it's very disturbing that this is a, a sexual predator that was convicted and he was allowed to still walk back into the country. You know, this is so disgusting. This is so unbelievable. And you guys work these cases, and then you have to work them again. So it takes attention away from other crimes that are taking place. We're becoming a laughing stock. You know, uh, John McCain used to say, who else is going to pick our lettuce? This isn't a lettuce issue here. And we have... Tens of thousands of people being released into this country now, uh, most of whom we know nothing about. We don't know if they have diseases. You're right. They're not checking them for warrants. We don't know who they are, what they are, what their intentions are. And then we're told this is America. We're a nation of immigrants. This is what we do. No, this is not what we do. We have never done this. We have never, ever done this where a president of the United States refuses to enforce immigration laws where a Democrat Party wants this to happen because they think changing demographics in this country will make sure they're a permanent majority. 
which is exactly what took place in the state of California and other states. This is a Democrat party that puts party first and country not even second, third, or fourth. And so this is what I mean. The party first stuff, that's, that's like a communist party. They put the party first. And they tolerate the bigotry and they push anything that works. And we're seeing it in our streets. And detective, we have a crime wave going on in this country. And you must be aware of this. Our major cities are utterly and completely out of control. And uh, at some point, the people are going to have to rise up and put the lid on this. And that's, that's hopefully what we're going to be able to do here. And you be safe out there, detective. And I appreciate very much what you're trying to do and you communicating with us here. God bless you, sir. Got 30 seconds left. What happened? Our music died. Oh, there it is. I need to know when to tap dance, you see. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel, and all of you. God bless you. Tonight's the night, folks. Jump in. Get your pre-ordered copies of American Marxism. And be well and be safe. See you tomorrow.